When preparing for the sermon, I found that the first verse of our gospel text troubling because the translation allows us to just kind of gloss over the whole text. It reads, when Jesus heard that John had been, he withdrew to Galilee. Now, while that word arrested is a technically correct translation of the Greek, paradothi, it is regrettably a poor translation because it reduces, it minimizes an important spiritual truth. The word is better translated as delivered up, handed over. John was delivered up, handed over to King Herod for his offensive preaching against the illegitimate marriage of the king to his brother's wife. This more accurate translation, delivered up, handed over, accomplishes two things. It prepares us to accept that John, the last prophet of the Old Testament, is in decline now. His ministry is coming to an end. But Jesus' ministry is now beginning. And it is a sign that what happened to John is going to happen to Jesus. That Jesus, too, will be delivered up, handed over for the hour for which he became flesh and was born as one of us. The hour of his passion, crucifixion, death, and resurrection. We are urged then to see in the terms delivering up, handing over of John the Baptist, to see the shadow of the cross looming over Jesus. But why did Jesus go into what the prophet Isaiah called the Galilee of the Gentiles? Now, some argue that Jesus simply wanted to get away from Herod when he heard that John had been handed over. It doesn't make any sense, because Galilee was under the rule of Herod, was Herod's jurisdiction. There is, I think, a much better explanation. The ancient tribes of Zebulun and Naphtali were the first in the area of Galilee to be conquered and devastated by the Assyrian Empire back in 733 B.C. By Jesus' day, the Jews in Galilee were small in number compared to the Gentiles, and the Galilean Jews were often snobbishly looked down upon by the Jerusalem Jews as somehow, well, little less Jewish because they were under the influence of Gentile Greek culture. And they, in fact, they were often referred to as the common people or the people of the land. Jesus went to those ancient tribal areas of Zebulun and Naphtali as a sign. He who is God in the flesh, the light of the world, will go to where his people suffered humiliating defeat 800 years earlier to begin the process of restoring his people. And what was Jesus' message? It was not one of political reform, economic prosperity, prosperity or military reprisal. His message was one of hope. He simply said, repent. 
for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. But what does that mean? The time is coming when God will manifest the fullness of his power, exercise his judgment on humanity, and all creation will acknowledge him. Jesus, because he is one with the Father, has already manifested the Father, but not fully yet. And through the words of his Son and the work of the Holy Spirit, the Father calls every generation to listen to the gospel, to do what he calls and graces us to do, repent, which means to have a conversion of heart. And, and because we are fallen creatures, repentance, conversion of heart, is not a once-in-a-lifetime event but a perpetually ongoing process and nearly always a struggle. And we are not left to struggle alone, but we are given a community, a church, to help bolster us as we struggle. This is the message of the church today, and it will be the message of the church until Jesus comes. And the church is called to reach out to the Gentile regions of our time, which may not necessarily be foreign countries, but people in our towns, our families, our places of work, our schools, and dare I say our parishes. Many, ensnared by the agendas of this world, need to be reminded of how much God loves them to be invited as often as necessary to re-experience the transforming power of hope that Jesus offers in the mystery of his church. There are those, for example, who think, and I know as some people, have, they've been told this, that because they have suffered the trauma of a failed marriage and remarried, they are barred from the church. Nothing could be further from the truth. And they need to hear that. But do not think that it's the priest's job alone. The truth is that you, by virtue of being a disciple of Jesus Christ, and you are, if you are baptized, you are a disciple. And by virtue of your being a disciple of Jesus Christ, you have a far greater impact on those you know who may be struggling with this issue in their lives and can do a better job bring, helping them to come back to the church than any priest could. There are those who think that because they have a homosexual orientation, they are not part of the church. Nothing can be further from the truth they too must hear the good news that there is no human condition in which Jesus withdraws his love, that a human being is not defined by his or her sexual orientation, as our culture insists, but rather by the dignity of being a child of God, called and graced like all of God's children to lead a life consistent with that dignity. But again, it is not for the priest alone to make this known, but for every disciple of Jesus Christ. There are those 
who make all kinds of excuses to avoid Jesus and his church. What are they really doing? Consciously or not, and I think most folks do it unconsciously, they're running away from divine love. Why? They sense, and correctly so, that divine love is never content with warm, fuzzy feelings, transitory emotions of the moment, but rather requires that the human heart respond to the truth that God has made a commitment that he will never renege on and eagerly waits for us to be embraced by his love. There are many who need to hear this message. They need disciples to witness to them and support them as they allow themselves to be embraced by divine love. Again, it is not just the job of the priest to make this known. It's the task of all disciples. There are those who, critically ill and close to death, have been away from the church for a good portion of their lives. And they have fallen for the demonic temptation. I use that term deliberately. It is demonic. It is straight from hell. The temptation that they are beyond redemption, they are beyond hope, that God cannot possibly forgive them. And while the priest does whatever he can to help them accept God's love for them and depart this life in peace, the truth is that you, as disciples of Jesus, may know of a situation that the priest does not know about, should be told about, and that you, a disciple, are willing to help the priest to restore that brother or sister to God's mercy and hope. Like John the Baptist, Jesus too was to be delivered up, handed over. For Jesus, it would be to the tyranny of the cross, but only to transform its darkness into light, its death into life. A disciple knows this and is always given the grace to do what he or she can to help those who have forgotten love and those who have abandoned hope.